is to make sure that we are on target in dealing with the subject. So let's just go on getting this together. Okay, let's, let's bow in a word of prayer. Father God, as we come this morning, we thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for our week together. Thank you for a very eye-opening week. Taking me over some of the things I already know. And somehow, out of all these years, I missed it. Help me, Lord. Uh, maybe I'm the last one catching up. So this might be just a testimony as we go over these moments together. Leading guidance, may you be glorified in all that's said and done. Great is your faithfulness. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. As we uh, go into our message forward this morning, we're dealing with the whole idea of the profile of faith. Every time you hear the word faith, you know, um, you could probably quote a lot of verses on, on faith, right? If I start talking about Hebrews, you think about faith. You know the words, matter of fact, you'll see them up on, you'll see it up on the board too. Faith without works is what? We hear all of these things about faith, but you know what? If faith, faith is not contextualized as to why it's there, if you think faith is enough, it's not. That was, the, that was the problem that James was facing. When James said, if you have faith and you don't have any works, then your faith is dead. Then what type of faith is it? What caused dead faith? What is this thing called faith? We need to, so to, to do this, I want to contextualize this and walk you through some scenarios so that it'll be, so you can identify it for yourself, hopefully, as we go through it, okay? So, as we go through this then, Habakkuk, we to throw out some verses first. Uh, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the what? Just shall live by what? Every time that we come across a verse, each time, watch, watch what it says. Watch what it says. Here's the next one. Romans 1.17. Let's read it together. For in the righteousness of God is the reveal from faith to faith. And it is written, what? Here we come again. Galatians 3.11. What does it say? No one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. The just shall live by faith. So I don't care if a person is trying to keep the law. The law says you're still lost. You're still lost. You did, if you did everything as far as the law, the law is concerned, the law says you're not justified by the law. Here's the next one. Hebrews 10.38. Ready? Now the just shall live by faith. Get this. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So then we need, to we, are, we need to understand this whole idea of what faith is all about. We've been hearing the word and we, we sing songs. We come this far by faith and all these other things. Then, then, but yet and still they, they sing the songs and we, and we have saturated our souls with it. And this week, this week when I looked at the word 
and considered the word. I said, oh, God, you mean to tell me? And so let's go. For me to do this, then, uh, let me just bear with me through our introduction. Having faces a, a prestigious position, but embedded in the package of our items that many of us are afraid to embrace. If you say you have faith, then let me tell you something. It will take you to the extremes. Don't say you have faith and you've never been through anything. Because you find that faith has, has, what about faith is that faith is only for this world alone. You won't need it in glory. Are you in agreement with that? Do I get an amen on that one? You don't have to shout this amen, okay? You, you, okay, the next one is this. It will stretch your patience. One thing that you'll find is that faith will stretch your patience. The next three, it will reveal your secret struggles and cause them to forever vanish in a vast ocean of God's love. Next, it will appear on an ordinary day. God's going God's gonna to draw, draw it out of you. He's going to draw it out of you. Because you see, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. See, here's, here's what we're seeing. We think that faith is the end of it. No, 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 no. You know what faith is? Faith is, I want to demonstrate it. Faith is the door you walk through. That's all. If you don't go to the door, you're not going to get what's on the other side. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, you, and then once you get on the other side of the door, then it's going to flip on you. And, you, and God's going to say some things to you that's going to blow your mind. But first, you have to go through the door. And when I, when I begin to see that, now, now watch, and these uh, storylines, we're going to come up with it. It will cause you to be involved in extremely stressful situations as it strains, trains us to respond in a God-honoring uh, way. Every time, it will do it. Every time it takes you to a point where you, it's going to cause you to say, okay, this happened to you, and this happened to you, and this happened to you. And the world is looking now, what is your attitude concerning this? And if you have the world's attitude of complaining and crying and screaming, it's, it's all right to have an emotional response. But it's how you, how you respond. God give you, gave you the tears, use them. Cry it out. But don't cry it out in rebellion. Don't put God on the, on the, uh, on the, on the judgment, on this, uh, the stand. When faith have you there, faith takes you there because God says, now what will be your response? Oh, you were happy when you got it. Now when you lose it, how will you have it? You walk through the door. And see, a lot of folks, you know, they're strange. You know, they're saying, um, I'm moving up to the next level. And God's going to bless me with this. And God's going to bless me with that. And God's going to bless me with that. And you know what? And it says, and I had the faith to get it. Oh, you walked through the door. But they never told you what happened on the other side. Oh, one sister was talking about, oh, God blessed me with this car. And God blessed me with this. And God blessed me with that. I said, oh, praise the Lord. Next thing I know, she lost the car. And uh, wait a minute. What, what happened to testimonies? You're not smiling anymore? You're not praising God anymore? You mean you only, you only praise God when things are happening for you? But you get an attitude when it happens to you? 
Consider this. Faith is the only path that will enable you to live beyond your blessings and produce physical and external results. Let me say it again. Faith is the only path that will enable you to live beyond your blessings and produce physical and eternal results. Never be just, uh, just satisfied with your blessings. Look for ways that will, be, will enable you to bless the heart of God and others. Once God has blessed you by trusting him, whatever he blessed you with, Make sure that you take that blessing and give it back to God. Now, that's, wait a minute, that, I hope, if you don't hear anything else, that is the key right there. Say, I didn't get it. Okay, let me walk you through it. As we, uh, we thinking it through, we're going to go through three things, further, three things for clarity. Let us take at least three significant snapshots. Uh, one you're quite familiar with. Uh, the, the first one is the promise to Abraham. The second is the plea of Hannah. Then three, the presentation of believers. Now, I am not going to go through the full storyline of uh, Abraham and what's going on with Abraham. I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis because, you see, a lot of times all of us know the story of Abraham. Beautiful story. Love God. Left from the end of Ur, uh, went to the Ur, and then, of course, uh, his, when Terah died, he went up to Crustasia. And, I mean, he, when God told him to move out, he moved out because he believed God. All of that. And so let's get into it. The first thing we want to do now is the promise of Abraham. As we look at the promise of Abraham, and as we see what's going on here, then... He was 55, 75 years old when God made a promise to him. 75 years old. He hasn't had a son yet. You know, by 75, guys, you know, uh, the juice is gone. The sap is getting out of the, going out of the tree, you know. Uh, it says 75 years old, and God promised him something else. He was 100 years old when Isaac was born. He had to wait 25 years, and no, first year of standing on the promises of Christ my King. Second year, third year, 25 years. In the middle of that, his wife said, wait a minute now. Toward the, toward the end of 20, she said, wait a minute now. I know God promised, since God is, t let's, let's get Ishmael, let's have a, no, let's, let's get a son from somebody else and let God get that promise to Ishmael. Now, God didn't promise that way. And Abraham was uh, angry about the whole idea of this, and yes, Ishmael was born, and that's why you have the problems between the Jews and the Arabs and the whole uh, nation there of, of Islam, all, et cetera, et cetera. It's because going back to these two, because somebody walked by faith and the other didn't. Then he had Isaac until he grew to be a young boy. Then he was told to sacrifice him, give him up. What would you do? Your, your, Isaac now, roughly a number in between 16 to 20, whatever. He's a young man. He, this is the young man that God's going to give a promise. And on an ordinary day, I told you what faith does. On an ordinary day, God goes to Abraham, 
Lord, here am I. I want you to take your son Isaac. I want you to go to this certain mountain and offer him up as a sacrifice. Out of all of the bargaining, out of all that Abraham have done in the past on when Lot messed up and he said, Lord, come on, Lord, if, if there was 50, just 50, Lord, would you, would you spare just 50 people? And he said, well, what about 40? What about 40? Give me 20, Lord. Give me 20. What about 20? You know, what about 10, Lord? Give me 10. That's all I'm asking for. Give me 10 people. And God got him all, he got him all the way down to 10. But he says, I want you to take your son. There was no bargaining. It does not record Abraham saying, God, why did you have me wait over a hundred some odd years, watch my son grow up in my face, and now you're snatching him away. You see, on the other side of that door, it's not what you get on this side, it's what you have to give up on the other side. That's why the world can't handle it. That's why they can't accept Jesus Christ. Because the moment that you say you uh, accept Jesus Christ, you have to give it up. You have to put it all on the altar. And guess what? He didn't say, he didn't say anything about his beloved wife and, or any of the servants or... No, I want what you've been wanting all this time. I want, to, I want you to sacrifice your future generation... Put it on the table. And my question to you is that are you willing? Is your all on the altar? You want God to do a great thing for you? Then, the, then you have to answer one question. Are you willing to give it all up? then quit talking about faith. You have a problem with faith. Because when you walk through that door, everybody gives it up. Everybody. Everybody. I'll prove it as we go along. Lesson one. When the Lord blesses you with the desires of your heart, never hesitate to be willing to give it all up if that is his will. The real test was not the receiving of Isaac, but Abraham's willingness to obey God regardless of the cost, even his son, the one that he loved. You had to read the end. What you had to do is not what Abraham went through, Listen to what God said to Abraham just before he took the knife and was getting ready to kill his son. It was more than just, listen, he didn't say, Abraham, I want you to kill your son. I want you to offer him up as a sacrifice. How do you offer some, something up as a sacrifice? You take it and you take a sharp knife and you cut the jugular vein and let the blood run out. He says, you have to offer your son on the altar. And then when you offer him on the altar, burn him up. And Abraham had his son on the altar, and his son was saying, uh, earlier he said, Father, I see the wood and I see the fire, but uh, where's the sacrifice? And he said, the Lord will provide. And the son was so submissive that he let his dad, he could have overcome his dad. He could have ran away from dad. Abraham couldn't have caught up with him. 
run back to my mama. He's trying to kill me. You know what he's trying to kill me? Say, God told No, he, he, didn't, he didn't do that. He was, he was submissive to the Father on the altar. It's, it does not record what Abraham was feeling at that moment. All I know that based on, regardless of how he felt or what he thought, this is what God said. And so he took the knife and he was getting ready to kill his son. It was drawn when God said, Abraham, do not kill your son. Here is the key. Get this now because this resonates all the way through. The Lord says, now I know that you would not hold even your son from me. You see, faith without works is what? Faith, you walked away from your land. Faith, you, 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 you did all of these things for me, Abraham. You trusted me. Over a hundred and some odd years, you waited when I told you to wait. You did all of that. Okay, I understand that. Now, here's the real test. What are you willing to give up? God tests the hearts. And he got to, got to the heart and, and Abraham was willing to give him up and God said don't you don't have to do it but you know what God provided a ram in the bush because the issue was never Isaac it was the heart of Abraham and through the annals of time they even have songs at camp father Abraham have many sons Okay. Many sons have Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. You, you see, Abraham's name now, it transcends the law. It transcends this. Why? Because, you see, it goes on what he did. He believed God, and it was counted unto him what? Righteousness. He believed him to the point that he was willing to give anything up. That's what faith does. Quit talking about how much faith you have and you're still holding on to stuff that God told you to let go a long time ago. When are you going to put it on the altar? When? Number two, the plight of Hannah. With, with Hannah, we, uh, uh, she had a rough time there with, uh, with the situation there. They rose early in the morning to worship before God. Then they went back to the house of Rama. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah received and bore the son, and she called his name Samuel. For she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. Get this now. Let's read it together. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, as soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him so that he may appear to the presence of the Lord and dwell there what? As soon as I get my son, as soon as I'm finished weaning him, I'm going to take my son to the temple and offer him up to the Lord forever. The faith of Hannah. 
do you know what all that she went through? Penina and um, the, the, uh, the other wife of uh, Elkanah, and Penina was having children and boy, and she was, uh, 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 I can imagine she was really feeling tortured year after year. And she was saying, I'll die if you don't give me a child. And he said, I've been like, I've been like seven sons to you. He said, I can't, I've been giving you the favorite. I, I can't do that. She went to the temple and she prayed before God. She prayed so hard that, that Eli thought that she was drunk. And she said, no, I'm not drunk. It's just that I've been wanting a child and I have not gotten it. And he said, you go back home. <laughs> you got it. And guess what? See, that's when they all kind of, all of a sudden, poof, she has the son. All of the reproach went away. But wait a minute. The moment that you walk on the other side of the door, get this now, and you give it up. See if I uh, jot it down, what happened from that point. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart exhausts the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemy because I rejoice in your salvation. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah and she conceived and bore three sons, two sister girl is producing now. I don't know if she didn't. Two sons, uh, three sons, two daughters, and the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. She really had six altogether. Boom, 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 boom. Boy, I mean, God really blessed her. Blessed her. Blessed her because she trusts God. And get this now, not only because of her faith in God, once she got her son, she didn't hold on to him. She took him and took him to the temple to give him to the temple to serve God for the rest of his life. And God says, because you were willing to give it up, let me give you five more. Isn't God good? If Hannah was here, she'd say, it was worth it all. I didn't think so through the years, through the frustration and the tears. My crying out before God and seeing everybody else with their families and everything else. I felt that God had forgotten me and it wasn't that. It was that my all needed to be on the altar and I had to be willing to give it all up. And there's some things that we will never get because we have not put it all on the altar yet. Only you and God knows that. Her problem, her prayers, her provision, her promise. I promise God that if you give me the son, I'll give it back to him. I thank God for that. Well, as the curtain goes down on this historical scene, let us not forget, her prayers and plea was heard. Her prayers, her praise was greatly expressed.
Her presenting Samuel, her son, to the temple for the rest of his life, which was her greatest expression of love, trust, and appreciation. The issue was not all the pain she went through. Here's what God was looking at. What do you do when I bless you? How will you respond when I give you the desires of your heart? What if I told you to give it up? Would you do it? You've been very patient, so let me just hasten to the last point. As we uh, come to the last point then, the presentation, and you know Romans uh, uh, 12, 1. I didn't go to 2, but 12, 1, you should know it. But um, Romans 12, 1, it, it goes like this. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and this is the uh, ESV, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your what? Notice to whom he's appealing to. Not to unbelievers. It's those of you who walk through the doors of faith. He says, I appeal to all of you who have walked through the door of faith that you do this. You give back to God. The child, mm -mm -mm. My car, mm -mm -mm. I want your whole body. I want you on the altar. To be a sacrifice means you have no say-so. Let the Lord take you there. Not only for your growth, him being glorified, the people that you will be able to witness and bless, it can only be re the results of your all on the altar, not walking around the altar. Get on it. Don't take selfies in front of the altar. Get on the altar. Don't take Instagrams of the altar. Get on the altar. So, so also, faith by itself. Get this now. What we've been talking about all this time. Let's read it together. So, by itself, if it does not have words. Got the picture now? Don't tell God we come this far by faith and there's nothing in your life that proves that you have given it up. I've been going to church. It has nothing to do with how long you've been going to church. It has nothing to do with what you've given to the church. God is saying, that's what you've given from your hand. I want to know where you are with your heart. And if your heart has not been on the altar, the, the first thing is there are a lot of folks who go to church and they're not saved. They use the word faith. They go through all of the rituals and everything else. But they're not saved. And God says it's dead. Because I'm looking for productivity. Faith without works is dead. You'd be surprised all the doors God can open when we trust him with all our hearts. And so, consider this. Christ died for our sins, the just for the unjust, and has made it possible for us to be forgiven, transformed, given eternal life, and identified as, as 
uh, that should be children of God. Based on all that has been said through our faith in Christ, give back our lives in total submission to the will of God. Let us give back our lives in total submission. Lord, I give myself back to you. That's what I'll do. Give it all back. I, I think that's, that's so important. And um, I'm looking at some of my colleagues now through the years and some of the things that's happening, uh, their, their ministries and how their ministries were going. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm getting this report about this guy and this report about this guy and this report about this guy. And the Lord said to me, stay with the plan. There's a lot of things that's on my mind, a lot of things that I, I want to see happen. Et cetera, et cetera. The Lord says, no, no, stay with the plan. I'm the one who prosper. I'm the one who makes it. Stay with the plan. I make something out of nothing. Stay with the plan. Barren women have five, six, seven children. Stay with the plan. A nation that was hardly recognized. He says, I found you, I found you, Israel. You were on the side of the road, wallowing like a child born with, with the umbilical cord, wallowing on the side of the road, and nobody wanted anything to do with you. He said, I, I took you, I cleaned you up, I did all of this. Remember where you come from. Remember who you are. And if you have walked through that door, the other side is give it up. <laughs> give it up. Give it over. See, Abraham gave him up. Hannah gave him over. The believers are to put it on the altar. Up, over, on. Different case scenarios. Each time is something that we have to do that's driven by faith. So we close on this last thing as we move in. The dynamics of, uh, of faith makes it very clear that it's not only what we believe and receive, but receive and give back with reverence and commitment. Have this heart of gratitude been forming in your life? If not, why put, why put all, why not put your all on the altar with a heart of thanksgiving? If you haven't done that, you haven't done that, then, then why not uh, put your all on the heart, on the altar, and say, Lord, I thank you for what you have done, and now I give back to you. I don't doubt that everyone in this room probably knows Jesus Christ. Everyone in this room knows about the word faith. My question is, have you ever gone through that door? And did God point to you and say, this is what I want you to give up? What is it that you haven't given up? He's still dealing with you right now. And my prayer is, oh God, help each believer to make up their mind. Now is the time. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, See, being in a religious family does not make you religious. 
This means you've just been in, in, just been in a religious environment. One of the saddest things is to see a child, a part of a religious family, die and go to the lake of fire. My prayer is that each one of us come to the point of saying, Lord, your will be done. Permit me to pray for you. Father, thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for what you're going to do in each one of our lives. Help us understand that as we begin to look at faith, it's more than a, a word. You gave us the faith. You gave us the door to walk through. And without faith, it is impossible to please you. Please you. But those who come to you must believe that you are and that uh, you are a reward of them that diligently seek you. But we do know, Lord, that uh, faith will fail. And one day we will stand before you and there will be no need of faith. Everything will be okay then. We don't have to wait for anything. You will be, there will be no need for light for you will be the light. Sometimes we're so bogged down in this world and the struggles that we forget. That we've been saved and placed into eternity. That from this life to the next life is only a step. So help us, Lord, to live with a sense of trust in you. And at any time when you say give it up, like Abraham, like Hannah, like Paul begged the Romans, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God with your reasonable service. That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. May we be those people. I pray for each one under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said. If you stand with me, please.